0: Welcome back everybody to this week's RevOps Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcox, CSRO, joined by my co-host Howard Brown, CEO and founder, and the pioneer in revenue science and augmented human intelligence. We're super happy to have us uh, with us today, Steve Hallowell from Highspot. Steve is VP Strategic Services and joining us to lean into part two of our conversation on the future state now of where enablement's headed. The implications of what we think is going to happen with AI and a few more things. Steve, it is fantastic to have you back with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Now we had a great conversation last time. Really, you know, talking about to see the operational disciplines that are essential. Right? How do we not just produce content for content's sake, but how does sales ops, enablement ops, actually really think through the aggregation of content, how it supports the behavior that people go through. And how that behavior links to an action, because I think, as you said to everybody, most adults, unless we see a benefit from it, unless we know there's a benefit that we're going to get from doing the activity, we're probably not going to undertake it. And as we look at the world here today, right, 2023, like we everybody's well aware, news headlines every day is you know it's changing. Things are going to be completely different. This is like the next. This is this generation's internet moment with AI and. All these fanciful things that are going to happen. What are you seeing? And and let's just talk a little bit about you know what what can we practically expect here in 2023 and maybe the next 24 or 36 months? What's what are you thinking about here at the uh, high spot?
1: You know, so so as, as we talked a bit about the last one, and you know, I think this this focus on operational rigor in enablement, I think is going to be key. I think the the enablement teams that can demonstrate that operational rigor are the ones that are going to shine you know, with regard to ai you know it's it, it's interesting there are, there certainly are some things where the where ai is places where ai is super helpful one of the things that we already do in the platform today is just smart recommendations what's the content that is working what are your peers using most how do you surface that at the right time in a sales cycle to make it easy for folks to find the stuff that matters and that's content training you know what have you i do think that ai is going to come last to this piece of the, the the journey you know last time we talked about three buckets of software there's the the top funnel work, which is heavily data-driven, high volumes of data. There's the end of funnel forecasting, looking at high volume of opportunities and like, interesting places to uh, to apply AI there. You know, it's interesting, even at very, very large companies, when, when you start to, to extend that, that what you can do predictively in different sales cycles, you don't have the number of data points you need, even with think Fortune 50 companies in the size of their sales organizations to feed the AI models to do some of the things you kind of wish you could do. And so in addition, I think there's so many teams who work at pretty foundational pieces to getting their enablement right that AI is not going to help with the foundation. I think AI can be pretty useful when I have the strong foundation in place and now I'm trying to tune and optimize. That's pretty cool. We've certainly seen, there's a couple startups out there that will do things like have an AI bot give you feedback on a video recording, for example. <laughs> and I think they are to a certain level of feedback, that's great. Save the manager some time. No manager loves sitting and providing feedback on videos. But let's be honest with ourselves, just as if you ever looked at the the chat GP, you know, output in terms of what they actually do, you know, it can go so far and it can't go beyond. And so that's right. Great to take some of the work out. That's awesome. Get some of the feedback. I think as a is a very safe practice environment where the AI is never going to criticize you, and nobody has to see the results. There's certainly some value to that. There's value in just me as a rep getting up and, and practicing my pitch and doing it over again. And if and if AI can give you a little encouragement to do that, that's fantastic. Well, let's not confuse that with the type of coaching that a great manager is actually going to provide. So I I would say I'm a, I'm a I'm, I work for a technology company. We have AI. I proceed with caution on AI. I mean, let me say that, you know, in, in this space. And
0: Howard, when I think of the conversations you know, we look at and and even what we we see in product evolutions and things like that across across the market. I think to Steve's point, and you said it last episode as well, if you're not focused on the experience, AI is great. I'm a, I'm an advocate for AI. Steve, I'd probably push the envelope maybe less conservatively than you might on that. But but it is, you know, I'd still go back to if it is it automating a step? Is it simplifying a step? A, a world where sellers deal on average with at least eight different technologies at every given time. How is AI gonna simplify that world? How is it going to actually change the experience? And and not just experience for the sake of changing experience, experience is gonna give it a different result, a better result. Right? As I think there's a lot of hyperbole, right? just like, oh, well, hey, it's cool. It can do something. Great. But if, if it's only giving me input to a you know, grade six level and I got to sell at a grade you know, 14 level, I have a disconnect. So, so Howard, as you think of AI, you think of where this market's going. How practical is it? What, what's going to happen here? You live in this world of revenue science and application of AI.
2: Yeah, so I would say I'm probably a a little bit less conservative in my view of it. Um, To me, I think about artificial intelligence as a tool to augment human intelligence. It's not to replace. And let's not take what is incredibly helpful as it relates to compute power and storage and pattern recognition, which is incredibly helpful because I don't want my reps to be data scientists. I don't want them crunching data. I want them engaging in human relationships, in problem solving, in thought leadership. That's where I want them focused. So can we use AI to look across all the content, all the conversations, all the emails, and help identify the patterns that deliver better outcomes, that nudge a rep along to those better outcomes, that help them see what they should be sending, what they should be talking about based on past experiences that delivered better results. That's where I see artificial intelligence augmenting human intelligence and providing a better Customer experience and a better worker experience. Let's use AI to help our reps, to help human beings move along and progress rather than replace. I think it's that mindset that's critical.
1: I'll tell you what I would love to see that I I don't think it exists in the market, at least not to my knowledge yet. But I'd love for somebody to go build it, which is you know, I think sales managers are just overwhelmed with data right now. So much data from, as you've said before, so many different systems. Coming out of sales manager, sales managers don't want to be spending their time sifting through that. And my sense is that it actually would be to a degree automatable to say for Mary, here's the thing that Mary really needs to work on. We've seen her data across a whole bunch of stuff. Here are the one or two places you really, Mary really needs to focus to get better. And uh, I know there's a couple of people who are kind of, you know, experimenting in this in this realm, but I haven't seen a really compelling solution on that yet. I actually think that would be a powerful application of AI because it is about how do you take lots of disparate data, synthesize it, and make it really actual.
2: I, I don't know if that was a T ball for us or a softball, but that if is not, exactly, not if you got something there. I'd love to see that it. That's is exactly cool. what revenue.io does. We literally process conversation, mind the entire journey, and then we provide that feedback so that reps work on exactly those areas of improvement and we do it in real time. So if I'm engaging with you, Steve, and I haven't asked you the right question that's going to move the conversation forward based on past experiences, that's what we surface. If you continue to make the same mistake, we subscribe you to that best practice library so that you can hear either yourself or others Better handle that. So that's exactly what we do at Revenue.io. So I'm glad you're looking for it. All right, fantastic. Glad I could tee you up there.
0: Great tee up. You know, Steve, you've you've mentioned, of course, the importance of the behavior aspects. Right, we're trying to change behavior at the end of the day. Right, that's what's what is what it, germane to enablement. And I think a lot of people get confused when they think of behavior. Actually, I think they often think a behavior is. Did they send an asset at a certain time, which is important? Like that's that's a that's a task in a buying process that we know will translate to potentially a better outcome. And that's a massively forwards. But when I think of future state of enablement, I really think of an ops. Like how am I taking persona specific pieces? How am I contextualizing and how am I actually shifting the behavior? Because we're all relatively senior folks or Aging, let's say it that way. In the market, we would require different things depending on what we're doing versus you know the 22 year old, and and those things tend to get lumped together, you know, and not paying attention to the personalization that's needed, not paying attention to the uniqueness of that behavior and the pattern recognition that is needed. And that's where I think AI is going to make a big difference. It pattern recognizes better, as most people are terrible at pattern recognition, and so now you can pick up on those patterns. You can simplify that for a sales leader and say, "Well, here's the patterns that are going to be really successful. Apply these for your use case, and we can shift behavior. We can line up then all the enablement ops behind that. That that's a thing that can be done right now if you have the data and you know how to
1: build those models." Thoughts? You know, I in my world I tend to think of behaviors more aggregated um, than where you were going. Of you know, I'd focus on a complete action with a customer. So. If I'm having a first meeting, and as part of that first meeting, I need to understand what in this customer's business is is going to, you know, where, where do they have pain that might lead them to to make a purchase. I need to teach them enough about our product that they're interested in having another meeting. Uh, that, that I kind of roll that into a behavior that I need to get better at at that, and 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 then and, and, and then advancing. And you know, I find for most companies, if you get too micro with those behaviors. If you you focus on answering just a specific objection, for example, the list of things you'd have to enable on it as a company would be unwieldy. You never you never could cover all that ground. And so you, you have to sort of aggregate up to some of the major milestones in a business. You know, can I present a business case to a senior executive
2: as an example? That's just how I how I tend to think about it. One hundred percent. You have to prioritize and you can't change everything. If you change everything, you change nothing. I typically use the example of if you play golf and you go to the golf pro and the guy tries to change 10 things about your swing, chances are he's going to blow your game, right? We have to start on prioritization. We have what are the most impactful things we can change. Change management is difficult. Change management, if you try to change everything, is impossible. Absolutely.
0: So, so let's say this, to so the real world that people are living in right now as well. And, you know, we, because we spoke about what's possible, where people are going, but there is the practicality of applying all of this and on a reference here, uh, Gartner just released their business quarterly. It came out and, uh, and it's looking at the new, you know, where we're at with the inflationary conditions, where people's heads are at in terms of the market, uh, what you see there is that, uh, in May of last year, 2022, automation was you know pretty important to people, like 21% of people are saying, hey, I, I really got to get on top of that in terms of my workflows, what's happening across the board of my business, I know it's going to be transformative. That has continued to be there at 24%. But the other thing that goes with that, in May of last year, cutting costs was important about you know just under 20% of folks. Today, it's getting 39, 50% overall and increasing. So, you know, when you sit there and go, okay, we know we got to automate. We know that there is now continued pressure in terms of, you know, the cut cost. You know, everybody is scrambling and and things like AI and things like what we're talking about here absolutely can actually do both of those. But how do you help people understand how to do that? Like, I think it's easy to say as marketers, we going to our marketing team, we got to tell that message and they go use the two buzzwords and say, well, we cut costs and we'll automate things. But but practically speaking, I'm an ops leader, I'm an enablement leader. What do I need to do now that's going to give me not just the cost cutting and automation things, but set me up to leap for my competitors coming out of this economic environment?
1: Yeah. And I, I think what's, what's really important there, Alistair, is that you know, in the, the part of the business that we've been talking about, right? So we're not talking about very top of the funnel. We're not talking about CPQ and forecasting, et cetera. Like, like yes, CPQ, great way to automate, you know, your deal desk, for example. Okay. I can't automate my way to sales success. I mean, at least not not in a, in a complex sale. Wish I could, we're not, we're, not, we're not at that point. I can take some pain and friction out of the processes I need to enable my team. So I'll give you just a very basic example for your sellers to be able to find and use your sales content, which hopefully makes them more effective sellers. I can't have too much noise in my system. I got to govern that stuff. I got to get rid of the old stuff, make sure that what's there is fresh and relevant. There's work to do that. I've got to pull the data about what's being used and what's not being used and what's out of date. There's processes to follow. Software can take pain out of that and with less effort help you get a better result. But that's at a different plane than how am I going to get the most value out of my salespeople? I could help them be better, period. I to help them be more effective in their conversations. That's not an optimization question. That's not a cost-cutting question. That's about how do I get the most out of the resources I have? And so I, I do think it's really important for the enablement, for empowering the humans in my company. We go back to what we talked about in episode one of pick the short list of things that really matter and execute like hell on those and show impact. Be, be very operationally rigorous, get people to the point they can actually are getting better and they're seeing that impact. Okay. And now we've got some momentum. Now I go on to the next thing and the next thing. I think for the enablers in this space to say, what are the big levers that matter to my business? Let's focus in there. Let's do it really, really well. And that is not about doing the same thing with less resource. That's about narrow the focus,
2: get good at it show show results and those results should look like people selling much more effectively than they work. i i couldn't agree with you more steve it's it comes back down to the human level yeah we all have employees who are touching our customers our prospects every day what can we do to make those experiences for our customers and our prospects more valuable how can we help our frontline people in the moments that matter most. And that is during engagement. That is critical. That is what will move the needle because buyers are less and less interested in talking to sellers because sellers aren't providing the value, the thought leadership, the problem solving that today's buyers need. Today's buyers are educated We've digitally transformed them with all the content and all the information. It is now time for our sellers to catch up, to provide that value, to help a buyer make a buying decision, because it's not easy. There's a lot of confusion in the marketplace. There's a lot of content. Nobody knows how to become a professional buyer. Our job as sellers is to help them buy, even if it's not buying our product and service our job is to inform, to help. And so I love that that's your focus as well. And, and if you are certainly not going to cost cut your way into that,
1: to that outcome.
0: No, you're not. And to wrap it up, gents, uh, I'm going to give one more data point here. Again, earlier this year, so in January this year, when we look at the S&P Global 1,200 companies, and I asked you what is most important in terms of cut first, cut last. It's again, that's in the headlines every time right now. One of the areas that that was uh, front and center in terms of well the thing that we're now adjusting the most on in terms of the thing we want to cut last are technologies that improve performance and scalability of the people. That has risen from, it was in the 20th percentile, it is now counting more than 50%. Like it is massively swung that way Is everybody's sitting there. And I think Steve, you've said this, the pressure in the market right now is I'm not adding, I still got to hit all of these big things. If a technology can help me improve performance and scalability of my team and drive even the same outcome off of that resource base, I'm interested. But if it's just hyperbole and you know, fun and new and all of that, it, it, there isn't the time of day for that right now. And I think you both said this so eloquently, it's the people performance issue. If you can improve and shift that behavior and help not just the top 20% of sellers, but the bottom 80% be more effective, that saves my organization. That motion gives me the competitive advantage I would need to swing out of this environment longer term. So it's happening, the investments are there. We as technology professionals owe it to every one of those customers to help them understand how they can drive that scalability and improvement in performance, this is what they want. Howard, Steve final words to you both
1: well see so guys this's this, been a lot of fun it's just uh it's it's interesting uh uh yeah I I, I did, was you know not not aware of, of some of your work out this is not a setup uh, but it's fun to see see the direction you guys are going in and uh just just always a blast to, to chat with folks working uh, work on some
2: similar challenges absolutely Steve it was a pleasure I, I love the fact that we're highly focused on solving the human performance problem because without focus on that, we're not going to solve the problem. And that is helping our customers, helping our prospects buy and become successful. So great to meet you. Alistair, thank you for a wonderful podcast and for being a great co-host. Gentlemen, have a wonderful day. Everybody listening
0: in, please remember to like and subscribe and check out our call in number as well. Send questions into Howard and I. We do listen to them and we will attempt to get them on a future podcast episode as well. You can reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. Steve, thank you so much. Keep having a fantastic trajectory at High Spot and keep up the great work.
1: We'll see you all soon. You as well, guys. Have a good one.